John 16, 16 to 33 says this, A little while, and you will see me no longer, and again a little while, and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us, A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me, and because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying, A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the, lo- the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father, and I have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not in figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful uh, for the chance to look at your word this morning and uh, to be challenged and encouraged by it thankful for its faithfulness to speak into our lives in perfect timing, and we thank you for um, all that we can learn by just simply looking at what you've recorded about yourself in these pages. God, I pray that you would spur us on to a deeper knowledge of, of who you are and how much you love us and, um, and how much you care for us. Lord, may we see your hand at work in our lives. May we ask you to work in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, So last week, we spent a good amount of time talking about the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit. And and so this week, as it turns out, we're going to be talking about the Father. Um, You know, uh, a lot of times Jesus gets sort of the most attention and Holy Spirit, probably least. Father, I don't know, maybe he might be in the middle, really, uh, between the two, at least in the New Testament. Um, but today we, we get a chance to look at the Father and our relationship with, uh, with the Father. 
We're in chapter 16 now of, of John, and starting back in chapter 13 of John, which we first cracked the book on in November, um, we have been basically in the span of a, like a 24-hour period of, uh, of time, okay? So though we've been looking at this, you know, day for now, I guess, three or four months, um, we, we're still looking at, at one single day. And just to recap what has happened in this single day, really this single meal and evening mostly, um, from the start of John 13, we saw Jesus come to the disciples and they were looking for someone to wash their feet. And who washes their feet? It's Jesus. Jesus comes and washes their feet. And the same, uh, just after that, we find out, we see Judas betraying Jesus that very evening. And soon after that, we see um, Jesus speaking to Peter and telling Peter that you're going to deny me three times. Okay, so there's a, a proclamation by Jesus that Peter's about to deny, uh, deny the Lord. Um, and then what follows has been this long conversation between Jesus uh, explaining really one primary thing that's had a lot of aspects to it. And that primary thing is that he is going to the Father. And what he's trying to tell them is that I am going to be crucified. And in his language here, he is, he is pretty vague about it. He's not explicit. He's not saying, I'm going to be crucified. He just keeps saying, I am going to the Father, and you're going to weep, and you're going to lament of these things. What he's explaining in this long conversation this evening is he's going to the Father. As I was thinking about this um, and just how long this conversation is recorded in John, you know, it just reminded me of like, you know, when you've had a good dinner with friends or whatever, and after dinner, you just sort of hang out, and the conversation just continues to go on and on and on into the late hours of the evening or whatever. This particularly happened to me in high school, you know, it was like hanging out with friends, and then it was like all of a sudden, it's like two in the morning, we're solving all the world's problems, you know, uh, at the late hours of the night. Um, it sort of reminded me of, you know, it's just like I had this great dinner and then Jesus is just really just sharing from his heart about what the reality is uh, between Holy Spirit and Father, and like what is going on here and explaining it to him. And, and particularly here, I think uh, what we need to see and focus on is, is the love of the Father for us. So I'm going to walk through this passage as a whole and, uh, and, and hopefully what we'll see is that uh, we can ask the Father for anything. The passage starts out uh, with Jesus telling them this uh, little confusing back and forth about a little while. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many times it says a little while, but uh, really the, the basic rundown of what he's saying is that uh, it's going to be a little while and I'm going to be crucified. And I'm, so I'm going to go away. In a little while, I'm going away. And then a little while longer, very little while longer, I'm going to be back and you're going to see me again. That's really all he's communicating to them. And, and Jesus, in his response to them, in explaining it, says in verse 19, um, Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him and said, is this what you're asking about? I'm not going to read a little while over and over again. Uh, but in verse 20, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And we have the... Obviously, again, the 2020 vision, looking back upon the events and knowing what they are about to enter into. But I think what John does a really good job for us is, uh, doing, you know, in his recording of it all, is holding the suspense for us. You know, the disciples, like, 
they have no clue the significance and the actuality of what's going to happen to Jesus. They just aren't grasping it. They just don't get it. And I think the way John records these things and puts them together uh, really highlights how unaware they were of the gravity of what was going on. And Jesus says to them, you know, in a little while, you're going to lament and the world is going to rejoice. The followers of Jesus are going to lament about what is going to happen, but you are going, uh, but the world is going to rejoice over it. Continues and says, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. Right? So two great things there. Listen, something terrible is about to happen. You're going to be sorrowful and the world's going to rejoice over it. But don't fear your sorrow that you're going to experience is going to result in joy. And that's a beautiful promise we continue to see throughout our lives and even in this passage. He goes on and, and gives the example of a woman giving birth and experiences this a number of times, and I'll just say from experience, this is absolute truth. <laughs> um, anyone that's had more than one child knows uh, and maybe has had a similar experience when you have your first, uh, at least my wife said, during labor, we are not having any more children. <laughs> this is the only child we are going to have. <laughs> uh, now we have, you know, three and one on the way. So um, this, this statement is as true as any statement that you can make about life experience. Sorrow is upon you when you're giving birth and anguish but the moment that you see a human being has been born into the world, joy. Absolute joy. It's a miracle. And Jesus is saying that this is exactly the feeling you're going to have. You're going to be in this kind of anguish. And we know, looking back at it, that that's exactly what they experienced. Three days of wondering Okay, we spent three years following this man, thinking he's the Messiah. Now he was on a cross, and now he's on a, in a grave. What in the world has happened in our lives? They were truly sorrowful. Jesus promises them ahead of time that joy will come from their sorrow. Again, 22. So also, you will have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. What a beautiful promise in our uh, difficult times that sorrow does translate to joy when the Lord is in the midst of it. Jesus transitions now and, and tells them something very powerful in the next few verses, 23 to 28. Um, and it reminded me of conversations that you often have in, again, uh, in homes with kids, right? Um, you know, a, a child will come up and say, can we do such and such, right? And one child's like, I don't really want to make that call, so go ask your mom. You know, <laughs> or, or the reverse, right? Go talk to your dad. Um, you know, that relational nature is, is what Jesus is trying to get across here. Um, as he continues in verse 23, he says, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask anything 
ask anything that, the, that your joy may be full. Jesus explains it even further in the continuing verses, verse 25. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will speak to you plainly about the Father. And he says this, In that day you will ask in my name. I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. Jesus is reminding us that, that because of what he did, because of what he accomplished on the cross, what he's, what he's about to do, that no longer will you go through anybody to access the Father. It says, you aren't even going to go through me to present your request to the Father. The Father, like we sung about, who, who created the entire universe. Billions and billions of stars and eight billion people on the earth just today. And like all these things, this creator God, you can speak directly with. You don't go through a saint who is conquered in some majestical way. You don't go through uh, Mary who carried the Son of God. You don't go through Jesus himself. You go with your request straight to the Father in heaven. And, and just like you would a parent when you want something as a kid, you go, Daddy, can we have this new toy? <laughs> he might say no, you know, to the toy. But he might give you something better, right? And, and so, or he may give you the toy, right? I, you know, he's a father. So anyway, ask him anything and your joy will be full. Ask him anything. Jesus is telling them, because of what I'm going to accomplish for you, because of the the sorrow that you're about to see, this is what I'm paying for, for you, that your relationship with your maker may be restored. No longer will there be anything that you have to pass through to communicate with your Father in heaven. You go straight to him and say, God, I need you, and I want you, and and I desire this in my life. I desire that in my life. And go straight to the Father. Again, Jesus says, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. When you go to the Father with the disposition of the Son, your request is perfect. You see, the disposition of the Son is one of sacrificial love, uh, one of compassion for those around, and one desiring to honor the Father in all that, it, that he or she does. And so that's why Jesus says, if you ask anything in, in my name, in, in the name of the one who came and gave his life on a cross for the world, if you go ask the Father in my name, in that way, you will receive anything that you ask of the Father. And I don't ask for you. (laughs) How cool, right? The Holy Spirit is talking to you about desires that God has gifted you with personally, about what you're seeing in the world, and those personal desires that God has given you and the Spirit's revealing to you. You can go to your Father and say, Father, this is what I'm seeing, Lord, work in this way. 
What do I do here? How are you going to provide here? How, how are you going to protect here? How are we going to do this and that and accomplish what is ahead? We can go to the Father and ask anything in His name. Jesus emphasizes in the end of that little section, he says, verse 27, for the Father himself loves you. Yeah, Jesus loves you. We know this, right? The Bible says so. (laughs) The Father loves you. The Father himself loves you. Your creator, your creator God, loves you. Loves you so much that he sent his son. Jesus goes on and says, Because you have loved me and believe that I came from God, the Father loves you just as he loves the Son. See, what uh, Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross as we place our faith in Him and, and follow Him is this restoration to what we were made for in the beginning. God created us to be in union with Him and to be on the same page with Him and to serve and love Him the way that He loves us. And that was broken, right? We broke that, and we continue to break that. Any one of us can look at our lives, the past of our lives, and say, I broke that myself, and I'm breaking that still. And thank God that He sent His Son, Jesus, that we can be restored to God the Father and come before Him and cry out and ask for His help in our time of need. We speak directly to the Father. there's a difference between knowing something and understanding something. And uh, the disciples here have some knowledge that is true, and I think they're catching some things, but clearly in their response to what Jesus has said, they're missing kind of the main point of, of what he's trying to get across. You see them say, his disciples said, ah, now you're speaking plainly and not using figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Okay? Those are true things, right? No one needs to question Jesus. And, and in fact, yes, he did come from God, and, uh, and you, he does know all things. Those are all true statements. So why, why does Jesus respond the way he does? What does Jesus say? He says, if I can find it again, <laughs> do you now believe? Do you now believe? He's not like, yeah, good job, you got it right. It's like, no, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. See, all that Jesus was telling them in this, in this time was, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to give my life for you, and you think that you know what that means. You, you think you know. 
And you do sort of know, but you don't understand yet the gravity of this. You, you don't understand what is about to happen. Like you so don't understand it that coming soon, you're going to scatter and leave me alone. Each and every one of you to his home. Jesus says, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Again, there's many times when we can have the right knowledge. When we become to understand is when we put that knowledge into practice. When we work that knowledge out, when we, when we do what we know, right? <clears throat> it was cool this week. Um, so last week, you know, talked about Holy Spirit and, uh, and the role of the Holy Spirit in, I mean, primarily in witnessing, right? I mean, in, in our conversations with people and how that's supposed to work out and the, the, the way we're supposed to approach that and, and all this. And so I, you know, I presented what the text said, right? It gave you the knowledge. Well, God gave me the understanding and the uh, experience of it all week long last week. It, day after day after day, conversation after conversation, it was exactly that. And I was encouraged every single day that I didn't have to bring up sin or condemnation, or judgment, I literally, each and every time, had to speak of Jesus. And what has Jesus done for me? Jesus as the foundation. And God's word has truth. Simply and plainly. Day after day. And I, I was just floored by it. Every single day, it was just like, okay, another conversation that was just like crazy. See, I knew something, because the Bible had said it, and I knew it, and I said it to you guys, but man, I understood it last week. He, did, he wasn't playing around with that, you know? Uh, and so I just challenge you, like, ask the Lord to show you understanding of what it is. It's what he's telling the disciples here, is that you think you know, and, and you do, like, you're right, right? I did come from God, and, and yes, you know, I don't need anyone to question me, and yes, I do know all things, but you don't understand what's about to happen. Like, you don't get how big this moment is. You're, you're just missing it. They miss the gravity of the moment. But even still, Jesus in his grace and mercy to them leaves them with the promise. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now again, on, on the other side of the cross, right? Before the cross has happened, before Jesus has gone to the cross, the disciples are sitting there and Jesus says those words to them. Take heart, you know, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? That looks a whole lot different (laughs) when you're in the upper room shaking and uh, worrying because your Savior, your, your Messiah, who you followed is on a cross and dead. You've overcome the world. That's the kind of sorrow that they were in. 
So b- before, it's like, okay, Jesus, we're not sure what it's going to look like. I'm sure it's not going to be too dramatic, but, you know, you're going to conquer, and that's going to be great. Like, we know that. We believe that you're going to overcome the world. Like that, we fully believe that, in fact. They understood it a little differently during the experience of it. And when he raises from the dead, they understand it even more gloriously, right? He has overcome the world. And his statement is true. They will have tribulation. Just as we will have tribulation and we continue to have circumstances that are difficult and hard, Jesus' promise to us is, take heart. I have overcome the world. You will have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. As we go, just you know, a few things um, to highlight. You can ask the Father anything. And, and you go straight to the Father with anything. And I promise you, He answers. And I promise you, He hears. You can ask Him for anything. And I challenge us to examine our lives and ask the Father, Father, where do I simply know and where do I need to understand? Where in my life am I taking for granted my knowledge and my background and my upbringing or what have you? And where do I need to understand? Show me. Help me understand how great your love is for me. See, I don't want to be like the disciples and miss the gravity of the moment. I want to understand what he's doing. I want to know how he's uh, working in and around us because I believe he is working in and around us. Do not fear the opposition that will come. Take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the relationship that you have restored with us through Jesus. God, we pray that we would understand how powerful that is and, and what an opportunity it is to come before you, to know you, uh, to walk with you. And Lord, we pray that even this week that you would show us your love. Show us, God, where we need to understand what we know. God, grow us closer to you. We thank you that you care so much about relationship with us that you sent your son Jesus.
to die for us, that we could be restored to you. And so, Lord, help us not take that for granted. Help us to walk in the love that you have poured out for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.